0: what's up everybody welcome in to a winning edition of sspn postgame
1: it was bound to happen eventually dude
0: especially when you play the pistons
1: yeah that that helps when you play the <laughs> statistically possibly one of the worst teams to ever have been created by man
0: yeah i i, I don't want to uh, when i say this my purpose is not to crap on the pistons um it's more just a commentary on on how tough things are for them. While there were some moments, we'll we'll get in and break down the game, and there were definitely some good things that we saw. It really felt like to me we were we were operating like at most at like eighty five percent tonight, and mm-hmm. we still we still had like a double digit lead on these guys for most of the game. Um, so I'm with Adrian. Let's play the Pistons every game.
1: I'm with it. It also helps when Cade Cunningham is not playing.
0: Yes, thank you for mentioning
1: that. Because he's actually good. I feel bad for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a former number one player. I, we we were both talking about it. We both have him on our fantasy team because of the numbers that he puts up. He's yep. like one of our best players. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's tough for him out there right now. So not only did we play the Pistons, who are already worse than us, um, mm-hmm. but we played them without their best player. And that led to a let's pull up the box score here, Ethan. A 130 to 108 victory, where the Spurs only—well, uh, they didn't lose a quarter, but they did only not win one quarter when they tied uh, with the Pistons, 32 to 32. But I'm going to take it off, Ethan, because there's some things I want to talk about to start this game that have—they're um, just dominating the Spurs verse right now. It's stuff that we've talked about before some stuff that that I'm actually I'm about to eat some crow on it Ethan cuz oh, you know we keep it real here at SSPN do. always and of course that is with Trey Jones in the starting lineup and the things <sighs> that we have seen over the past 3 games um I could dish it to you but I actually I have a little thing that I wrote down kind of about it so I'm just going to ramble this off okay. and then I'll dish it to you and then after that we'll get into the game flow cuz I thought I might make a clip out of this too just because This is kind of one, it's big in Spurs news with the way we've been playing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then two, it's kind of probably the biggest topic of conversation, like outside of the game, moving forward for the team. So what I wrote down here, here's what I got on Trey Jones in the starting lineup. Trey's facilitation and scoring is opened up so much more when he's surrounded by talent. He's no longer zeroed in and he actually has people to pass to that are going to convert on their looks. He also pushes the pace in transition and knows how to feed guys in run run lanes and position himself correctly. The other thing about the run lanes is the guys that he's playing with are more competent in that area as well. So it just makes the connectedness and the flow so much better. Um, I was wrong about him being in the starting lineup, not significantly changing anything. Um, But, and this isn't, I'm still very wrong. I would like to say that. Um, But with how he looked on the bench this year, Eight, two and four um, I didn't think I don't, I don't think I was too crazy you know not expecting much um, yeah. or not expecting you know a, a giant change. but the thing that I underestimated that I talked about on the last post game we did is, is what I opened up you know that that point on and that was that when he's not being zeroed in on you know and he's not having to create his own offense and there's a trench attention drawn by Wimbinyama, uh, Devin, um, and and even Sohan to an extent, and then you've got to close out on champenny you know, in this mm-hmm. starting lineup as well. I want to talk about him too. We'll get into some other things, but obviously, Trey is the main thing. And, and I saw another tweet just before we got on here. Every game that Trey Jones has started this year, the Spurs have won the third quarter. Sorry,
1: my boxing just started yelling. At me,
0: yeah, <laughs> you're good. You're good. I thought it was. I thought it was like a event in your apartment. Anyways. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Going back to Trey,
1: um, I, I think I kind of finished my thoughts there. Yeah, I think you did too. And I think you hit it right on the nail on the head. Um, and, and to give us kind of a an out, if you will, <laughs> I I believe the phraseology that we technically used was while we, we, we agreed we would be better with Trey Jones in the starting lineup, just objectively, because of his ability to push the pace and he's the only real natural point guard and facilitator on the floor, uh, we agreed on that point. I think we both underestimated the impact actually resulting in wins, which it has. Um, and we've been in, in games, more competitive games, with him in the starting lineup. So but we were wrong on that, that extent. Um, so we have to swallow our words there, both of us, you and me. It wasn't just Jude, it was me as well. Um, but I think the two most important things that you mentioned were his ability to push the pace and then his ability to – to know when and when not to change up the monotony of the offense. Um, like With Jeremy, with everybody else, like there's a certain flow that we play within the offense. Uh, like we, we always get the sets at the same tempo. It's pretty readable, if you will. And there were mm-hmm. a few times, especially tonight, where Trey is able to like almost lull you to sleep and then flip it on a dime and just shake everything up and get an easy layup because he's starting Start and it. stop speed, too, kind of ties mm-hmm. into that. Exactly he can blow by guys at a higher clip and um, all, all that comes back to his ability to to play make for guys in the transition, especially um, definitely been pleased with with his ability in the starting lineup.
0: yeah, and, and you know that's not the only you know change in the lineup that we had that mm-hmm. we were also kind of kind of wrong on too because another thing that we were saying at the beginning of the season, and while we're, we're kind of half wrong, half right and you'll get you'll get where I'm coming from as I finish this thought. Yeah, I know um, where you're going. But um, we kind of said we said that whoever got moved to the bench this year, it was going to be better for them. Mm-hmm. We were, I, I think, the beginning of the season proved that that was not the case for Trey Jones. Yes, but who it was the case for is Keldon Johnson, who's been coming off the bench. And the, I, that, there's some other things that I had written down on that as well that I'll read off here and then and then dish it to you. um obviously i was i i was a big advocate for k j starting at the beginning of the year, and I think that had a lot to do with all of the hate that he right. was getting online like long term if we drafted somebody else, I don't think I would have been opposed to him being a six man, but just kind of with the timing of it and everything, I felt like i had to he i felt like there weren't a lot of people out there like standing up for him, so I kind of felt like I needed to do that you know. Um, Mm kind of, I think that impacted seeing that a little bit, but what we've seen from him off the bench, man, um, he can create his own offense better than anybody on the team other than Devin and Wemby, which just helps the bench so much because when Keldon creates his own offense, it's not necessarily like the most pretty thing. Like if you wanted, I was thinking of a comparison the other day, like when you think about Devin creating his own offense, not to say that he can't be physical, but he is a finesse off the dribble you know, Penny Hardaway, fancy type of stuff. Keldon's a hammer when it comes <laughs> yeah. to creating his own offense. But the thing that that does for the bench is when he just decides to barrel to the rim, you've got Shetty on the perimeter. Um, there were even some times where, you know, they they play Champagne off the bench too. You've got Doug as well. Um, you know, so, and the most important thing about that, Ethan, is... That was the role that he played basically all last season. That's mm-hmm. what we're asking him to do on the bench right now, so it's something he's more comfortable in. We still see overlaps in the lineups. I still saw Devin Trey and Keldon and Wemby all out on the all out there on the floor at the same time tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but him, the, the the point is is him playing off the bench. I mean, that just that was the other big concern that I had of moving Trey to the starting lineup. Obviously, in that scenario, when I was saying, well, that's gonna lead the bench for crap, I was assuming that Keldon would still be a starter. Um, but in this scenario with these rotations, um, you know, we've seen Keldon's playmaking also improve this season. And then on top of that, you know, I mentioned Shetty. He's another person who can playmake. And we'll pull up the box score here in a little bit. My boy Barlow it, it might have like five plus assists tonight, also, you know, very similar to Zach you know, a couple backdoor passes. We saw that in the Cavs game as well. Um, but the other thing is, is when they zero in on Keldon because of his physicality, he's mm-hmm. able to kind of offset that where when Trey was on the bench, you know, that wasn't the case. And then the last thing I'll say is, and, and obviously that had to do with him getting zeroed in on and not having, you know, other guys to pass to, or just being as competent as the starters are, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but going back – but also, Julian Champagny. And I know he doesn't do anything crazy in a lot of these games. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just look at his numbers, you probably don't see much in a lot of these. But his defense, that is something that that I have noticed. Um, it, we – I think – I don't know if it was you or one of my friends made a comparison to him as kind of a Danny Green type yeah. player. And and I think that that is a very accurate um, comparison for Champagny. But I think what Champagny does for the starting lineup – is he helps with spacing, just straight up. I mean, like in comparison to Kelden, the spacing is better, and that ties into the pace and the run lanes. And then it's like, okay, and it also also the other thing that taking Kelden to the bench does is it opens up Jeremy's offense with the starters as well.
1: Yeah, I think the Danny Green, Manu Ginobili comparison between Champagny and Kelden's situation is very accurate. Obviously, they're different players, but they're similar in the sense that Kelden's play style. When he comes in off the bench, it doesn't matter if he's starting or coming in off the bench, he always starts aggressive and bull and china, bull and china shop style of play. Um, so it helps if our starting lineup gets off to a lull or they're not playing up to speed, he comes in and is immediately a spark plug, no matter what, just because of you know how he approaches the game. So I think that is something I didn't really take into account when we were initially discussing him coming in off the bench. Um, I think what you brought up about Trey... What he's basically focused in on coming in off the bench. That's that's a great point. Cause Keldon had eight free throws tonight, which led right. the team because he's able to draw attention, get double teamed, and get fouled and finish with contact. Whereas Trey, you know, if you trap him in the backcourt, it's pretty much wraps. He's either turning the ball over or he has to give it up and, and he's not an off-ball shooter. Um, so it's definitely a bit of positive. I think that we were semi-right in saying that <laughs> everyone was going to get a chance to come off the bench this season. And so far that's pretty much been the case. Trey has come off the bench, Jeremy, Devin, even though Devin was more so because of injury, right? but he also had a couple games off the bench and now Kelton Johnson. I think it's safe to say that Kelton thus far through these, this limited you know, play time has played the best coming in off the bench. Um, and then also starting Champagny, I mean, you pretty much covered it, but, he, he, another thing that starting him does is it eliminates one more option that, that Trey now, as the point guard, doesn't have to think about. Uh, because before, if it was Trey Jones and Kelvin starting, that's four mouths he has to think right. about. Like, who gets the ball now? Who's hot? That's a lot to have to think about. Champenny is like, no, he's not getting the ball. He's an off ball shooter. He's there for spacing. He's the Danny Green. He doesn't need it to get him, his game going. Um, and then defensively, Uh, at 6'9", is able to be very versatile next to Jeremy and next to Victor and next to Devin as well.
0: Absolutely. I think that's put perfectly, Ethan. We appreciate all of you guys being in here. As always, I saw this comment at the beginning that we'll address here before we get into our post game. Um, and shout out to you, Imza. Thank you for being in here. He said great content, but have been inconsistent with your uploads. Any chance there would be more uploads this year? What I would just say is, me and Ethan, we also do have our lives. We have some, we have other jobs and stuff. So we do our best um, to get you some games. Honestly, uh, we had the Cavs game last last Sunday, and I just, to be honest, y'all. I canceled late because I forgot that the Saints were playing with their playoff hopes on the line. Um, but, yeah, we, we should be back this Friday um, against Charlotte. We weren't going to do that initially when it was going to be a random 9 o'clock game on ESPN. Um, but now that that has been removed and it's going to be at a reasonable time, um, that is scheduled for right now. And we
1: just we try to do our best, and, and that's all we can do, Ethan. That's why you have to follow our Twitter at SSPN. We always give you guys updates on when we're going okay. live.
0: Or, and, and then on top of that, you can get some some highlights as well. I've been putting together some more highlight packages. Um, you know, I know this won't technically be updated, but if you want to go see highlights from Dom Barlow's first two games uh, in this backup rotation, um, go check out SSPN on Twitter. But let's get into the game flow, Ethan. I know we could go over the box score here, but since we did that segment, we can kind of get into that. As we talk about it. Um, but Spurs win the first quarter, 31 to 19. Um, I didn't take too many notes, but I did have a little bit. Um, we had some ball movement. Obviously, our transition game worked off turnovers. Um, another thing I wrote down was playing less ugly than them, mm, uh, yeah. which is a lot of the game tonight, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and then I, I, there was one so hand pass to, to Wemby, like at the very beginning of the game that he kind of forced and was a little bit under. So I wrote down knowing when to pass to Wemby, but to be honest for overall throughout the game, um, especially when you compare the beginning of the season, that's something that is, I would say is um, much improved.
1: Yeah. A uh, very solid start to the quarter. Trey Jones came out facilitating, pushing the pace. What I liked the most was we got the ball to Wemby in the low block to start the game. And, Early in the season, he was dribbling too much, turning the ball over a little bit too much, lackadaisical with his passes. Tonight, he was very decisive on what he did. It was either a pass out of the double team with no dribbles, or it was a one-dribble move into the paint for an easy finish. So I'm glad that he's made that adjustment to his game. Um, Like I said, his passing uh, was on display. I think he had the baseball pass in that first quarter as well. We were playing aggressively on the offensive boards, led by your boy Don Barlow, who came in late in that first quarter, and then Devin Vassell kind of carried the momentum into the second as he started to get hot in the mid-range.
0: Yeah, and kind of in the middle, I believe there was a little bit of a lull mm-hmm. that we had where Pop called timeout, and then we kind of responded um, at the end, I think we did give up a little bit of points. I think it was like 28 to 12 at some point. Yeah. Um, it, I could be a little bit off on the numbers there, but we did have a little bit bigger of a lead and let them go on a, a little bit of a mini run later in there. Um, but still overall, I mean, we, we pretty much dominated the first quarter. Um, and I see another comment down there from our guy Naz Kraz Eleven. Appreciate you being in here. He says comparing Champney to Danny Green is an insult to Green, not being a hater, just realistic. He's significantly worse on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, I understand where you're coming from, Naz, but we're just like we're just trying to, you know, kind of he's a three and D player. Like that's his role. Yeah. That's we're not trying to say he's Danny Green. Obviously, he hasn't won a championship or doesn't have any finals records yet. And he's 23 or 22 in his second season in the league. Um, mm-hmm. We're just we're just saying like a, a similar role. That's
1: that's all we were trying to say. I'm talking um, 2012, 2013, Danny. When people were like, <laughs> "Why is he even on the team?" Because he was an undrafted pickup from the Cavs G League team or D League at the time. Which
0: is exactly what Champagne is.
1: Yeah, th- that's the era 2012, 13 before he became an a de- all defensive second team level player. Right, for sure, for sure. By the top of-
0: Um, but in the second quarter, a little bit more offense there from the Pistons. This was the only quarter that we didn't win outright. Um, and the things that I wrote down, I wrote down, not the best defense to start, but Mm -hmm. Sasser is solid. Marcus Sasser from Houston. Um, they do have some pieces on this team, man, as much as they're really struggling, like, like I think he can be a contributor down the line for somebody, Mm -hmm. um, I also wrote down Keldon's defense stepped up a little bit after that. I think he had a block in this quarter um, and he was also communicating. I wrote down Keldon yelling on defense. Love to see it. I think it actually, when he was like on that play that I'm specifically remembering, he was telling somebody to rotate or or just get their guy because there was somebody open wide open for three on the left wing. And I think they might've even made the basket, but regardless, like seeing Keldon recognize and identify that, and like yelling you know, at his teammates to like cover it as yeah. much as that sucks for whoever missed their rotation. I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, that's something that, that I haven't seen as much this year. Um, or I say as much, not like in comparison to last year, it's just something I haven't seen a lot. Um, and that's something that we need. So I, I, I like the vocal leadership there from Kelton in the second quarter.
1: Yeah, vocality has picked up, I think, in the past few games, past couple weeks from everybody, but Keldon especially, I think he's kind of been regarded as that leader for a lot of these guys. He's kind of one of the most tenured players and was the leading scorer last year, so I'm glad that he's able to transition that onto the bench. Uh, But what I wrote down for the second quarter was aggressive Keldon Johnson. We saw a glimpse of Jeremy Sohan playing at center position for Mm -hmm. like two or three minutes, um, which... Didn't look too bad, but again, we're playing the Detroit Pistons who don't necessarily have a great team, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, There was a moment where it felt like our energy kind of dipped down. We were playing to the Pistons level, uh, which you never like to see, but that's kind of what you expect from a young team. A lot of times we played down to our opponent. That's what the second quarter felt like a majority of the time. Uh, but your boy, Don Barlow, he kept the energy going, Jude, like uh, going for extra possessions, fighting for offensive boards, loose balls, trying to block every shot he can, even though he didn't block every shot, obviously. Um, and then solid positioning from him. I think he saved Julian, who like almost lost his handle in the weak side or in the left corner. He went like behind the back, had to pick up his dribble, and Dom Barlow just moved right underneath the rim, wide open, and saved that entire possession. So love to see the high IQ from Dominic Barlow. Um, Only negative for Dom in that second quarter. I felt like their, their quick guards were really going at him on just slightly late rotations, and he was having a little bit of trouble rotating. I don't know if that's entirely his fault. There could have been some help that, didn't recover in time either. Uh, But I just noticed that when Webby was subbed out of the game, um, everybody started going at Dom uh, when he was, when he was underneath the rim.
0: Yeah. And and the other thing kind of, this isn't necessarily like responding exactly to what you said there, but one thing that I noticed with the rotations, like all night, kind of when we were texting is Dom would always go up. Like whenever, whenever there was somebody coming off a pick and roll and he was like on Jalen Duran, he would always step up, and it would kind of be like a semi-double team, like near the free throw line, and sometimes that led to to some other, you know, to some baskets under the rim. But then other times, you know, he would roll back and and would be there. Anyways, the whole reason I bring that up, he did that every time, so I think that that's a part of of the yeah. defensive game plan. That's not exactly what you were talking about, um, but that was something that I noticed uh, with his rotations kind of throughout the game.
1: One quick thing, off topic. I, I, I had to do a quick check because I'm a big grammar nerd and I always correct people. Okay, well, Vocality is a word. I may have used it slightly incorrectly, but it is a word. It's the factor quality of having a voice or unique particular character, a particular way of speaking. So it is, it is a word. Now, I may have used it incorrectly, but I just had to address that.
0: You said, well, I guess if you want to say particular way of speaking... Um, yeah, yeah,
1: I guess I, maybe I did, you know,
0: that me. you're, you're referencing the way that Keldon was talking and the way that the team was talking. Cause yeah, they're being Ro- louder. Yeah,
1: Robert ball. Yeah. <laughs> <Get outta
0: here. laughs> oh my gosh. Any, um, yeah. But, but going back that, the, I'm glad you mentioned that with Barlow. Cause he's like, as much as, you know, it's been super fun to talk about the past three games and, and everything. Um, you know, like, I don't want to lead on the impression that like, and, and no player other than, I guess you could say Wemby, um is perfect um mm-hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> um but uh I, the point is 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 he's not like he's still a 20 year old two way player now yeah. maybe that two way contract changes in the near future if he keeps playing the way that he's playing um but at the same time, you're still going to have some things that like they, it wasn't just going to be the Cavs and the Bucks game the entire season with Barlow is, I guess, what I'm trying to say, where it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, like there's like almost no mistakes that I can point to. You know what I mean?
1: That being said, Jude, he was still 11, 8, and 4 with two blocks and plus 10 in the plus minus. So, like, we're really nitpicking here. Like, I am, at least.
0: No, and the, the four assists, and, and I, I did count, um, you know, it wasn't a lot tonight, but I did count two screen assists. One was for Devin and one was for Shetty. There might have been some others. I know one of one of the shots that he had just rolled right out. Um, But really, what I liked is that first mid-range shot that he had. That was, I think, the longest mid-range shot he's taken this year, and he swished it. Um, Man, I I I don't want to just keep talking about Barlow, but it it ties into this second quarter, you know, um, and and keeping the pace. And and that really ties into you know the Bucks game, man. It's just Mm -hmm. a little the fluidity and the movement and the connectedness on defense. Uh, although he still has, you know, like we said, there's still some times where he does get beat by some quicker guards. Um, it just, it just really feels different, man. I know this is the Pistons. So that's really not the the best game to do, you know, to take a lot away from. Um, but when you consider the context of the Bucks and the Cavs game, it's like you said, Ethan, we'll just, we'll see that. Like you said, you know, Zach's still out for a couple more weeks. Um and, and like you said, if he continues this through through that time, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the deadline. Not even just for Zach. I think it'll be interesting regardless, because I mean Sham Serranio was on uh run it back talking about how the Spurs have exploratory interest in DeJounte. So, you know, I mean, we'll and, and we have a lot of we have a lot of cap and um and and guys on expiring deals and and assets. Um mm-hmm. so who knows what the Spurs will do? Um, I'm not saying you know necessarily Zach is going to get traded or anything, um, but you know there could be some other moves as well. But it'll just be an interesting, interesting time here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, sorry, I'm, look- <laughs> I'm no, looking. No, you're good. Oh, it's funny. He's he's right. He's right, but still, I'm right. Anyway, Ro- Robert Ball, Matt Wilson, y'all are real ones for they being here. They're being nice too. I like that. Let's go into the third quarter, Ethan, because this is the third straight game where the Spurs have won the third quarter. Um <laughs> Dr. Ball. That's good. Um, y'all check out the comments. Y'all if, if you're listening on podcast form and you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go to go to YouTube and then look at the live chat and you can see all the, the funny stuff we're talking about. Um not, you know, I, I it's not probably when you when you compare the fact that I think we won the 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 Bucks quarter. I don't remember I didn't look at the box score specifically for the Cavs, but the Bucks quarter I think was like the same score. It might have been 32 to 25 actually. Mm. Um you know this doesn't feel as great just because it's the Pistons, but still with the the fact that we've won three straight third quarters um and yeah. we came out with that same intensity um is is huge. What what I had wrote written down, oh this was this was the quarter where Wemby started looking like point point Wemby. Okay, yep. he was going for that triple double, man. And we, we haven't even mentioned that. We're 25 minutes in. Victor had his first career triple double tonight in 21 minutes.
1: Let's go. Goat conversation already? I think so, Jude. I agree. I completely agree.
0: Um, he had a 6 0 run by himself. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you talked about him taking too many dribbles. He's learning from Zach, as much as I was just talking about Zach, but he's learning from Zach and, and Barlow in the post, man with the way that he looks for passes, you know, Mm -hmm. when he, when he gets that ball on the block or the elbow, he's not just immediately, you know, like trying to cross up a guy or even dribble kind of in the post he's, you know, being patient surveying. And then maybe he does end up going and getting a bucket, but he's seeing what's happening in the offense and the off ball movement, you know, before, Mm -hmm. before forcing it. Um, We saw a Devin screen and roll. I mean, like that was, that was something I was really happy to see. Um, it ended with a dunk. Um, we saw a Sohan screen and roll as well. That obviously we've seen that from Sohan before. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just cool to see Wemby show off his facilitation. He had the behind the back pass. That might have actually been in the fourth quarter. Um, but I, I feel like his the the movement for the entire team and Wemby's facilitation was shown off in this quarter for sure.
1: Most definitely. Um, He had the the behind-the-back pass in this quarter. You were correct, Jude, third quarter. He also had the nutmeg in this quarter. Um, And he just looks way more calm and collected when he has the ball in his hands. I think the point you made about him dribbling too much in the post, the fix is, you, you said it, I think, without even meaning to say it, he has learned that he can survey without dribbling. Because he's so big and tall, like, Just having the ball that close to the rim, they're going to have to set a double. You don't have to start trying to back anybody down. So he's learned that, and he can see everything because he's seven foot four, and he doesn't have to like turn his body all that much. He just has to turn his neck. So he might be turning that corner and uh, and starting to become a better passer every day and every every single game. Uh, But great ball movement in this entire third quarter um defense turning into offense getting out in transition getting easy baskets blake had some minutes he looked comfortable he didn't really make any mistakes i don't think get zero turnovers i know he didn't really four for four in the in the box dude court. he ended
0: nine up getting points. nine points in yeah. six
1: minutes shout out to him blake wesley i'm, I'm, I'm telling you when people want to trade for another point guard another young point guard i mean blake wesley has shown us a couple things in the past couple games jude and uh this third quarter in particular and pushing that pace but KJ and Devin making some tough buckets as well in this quarter. Um, really just, it belonged to the Spurs. But again, grain of salt, Detroit Pistons.
0: For sure, for sure. You know, I was kind of surprised that Blake didn't come out with the bench unit to start. Me too. Um, but I think that Pop was just like, nah, we're we're winning this game. I'm not yeah. doing any BS. We're running a nine-man rotation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then if we if we do we should, he'll get some minutes anyway. Um, which I think is probably just with the way the season has gone. I mean, like, it's crazy to think about, Ethan. It doesn't feel as bad as last year, but it's actually technically worse because I saw a graphic today that, like, or on the Pistons broadcast that showed, like, 5-30 is the worst start through 35 games for the Spurs in franchise history. Um, Dang. Tough, but tough. When, <laughs>
1: when you have Victor to watch,
0: it makes it a lot better.
1: It definitely does. It definitely does
0: and a lot of that has to do with stuff that we've talked about the whole season. Um, the beginning with Jeremy Sohan at point guard, um, the, the other lineups that we've gone through, um, you know, Victor transitioning from the four to the five. Um, obviously all of those things after we did some experimenting, um, mm-hmm. have, have the point Chetty lineups, <laughs> right? exact We could go back, man. Like there was so much, so much different stuff. Um, we're seeing the benefits uh, of those of those changes um so hopefully we can kind of continue you know we can get some more wins and and switch that up um from the start this season but at the end of the day it was good for our draft odds ethan but good string of games with with being competitive in the last two against the Cavs and the bucks so we'll see we'll see what happens after this
1: one agreed agreed
0: Robert Ball says in the comments before we get into the fourth quarter and Matt kind of already answers him, but he says, why were there fewer turnovers tonight? Was it poor defense, better ball control or both? Um, I I would actually say a little bit of both. Yeah. But I also think that Matt's answer, just the Pistons is, is a good one too. (laughs)
1: It's a fair point. I'm, the Pistons defense is probably the worst I've seen all year. Yeah. Um, no well, dis- they
0: couldn't even grab a board. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like there were so many times where they just dropped the ball and it turned into a turnover.
1: We talked, I texted you about this. James Wiseman, is that his name? James Wiseman? Yeah, James Wiseman. Isn't that bad? He's the second overall pick. Can't even remember his name. He has the worst body language I've ever seen. Like, the, I think he alone dropped like four uncontested rebounds tonight and at, at, as much as I like his playmaking ability Killian Hayes defensively is a traffic cone I mean nobody was having a problem getting a basket off of Killian Hayes and Doug McDermott was taking him to movement school in the fourth quarter which we can get into here in a second but he was losing him on every little jab step every little backdoor cut uh, Killian Hayes was having a difficult time
0: yeah I I completely echo everything you said. Getting into the fourth quarter, Ethan, I, I didn't take notes at this point. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but what I do remember, because the game was kind of out of reach at that point. point, mm-hmm. um, first of all, I was surprised Wembanyama came in, and yeah. I was happy that Pop let him do that because that's just showing that like, hey, like I don't know if I don't know if two thousand five two thousand five Pop even on a bad team like lets Wemby do that. Like he might just stick mm-hmm. to his rotations and. You know, and and do his old school Air Force thing, um, which obviously has led to five championships and the most wins all time. So I'm not trying to crap on that. Um, But you could see Wemby was looking for the passes out of the post after he got the and one to Shetty. I saw I read his lips. He said, I got one more. He was Mm -hmm. counting the assists. He got that one more. And then uh, and I believe that was on a Doug three. It was. Um, And then after that was immediately subbed out. And I saw him walking to the bench and he said, thank you, coach, looking at pop. And that just, in this, you know, in this in this worst 35-game start in history, Ethan, it, it made all the difference.
1: That feels good. That warms the heart. That tugs at the heartstrings, Jude. That's what I do this for. That's why I do SSP. And for moments like that, a um, bit on all seriousness, it's extremely impressive <laughs> for him to have gotten a triple-double in only 20 minutes of play. Um, I'm glad that Pop allowed him to stay in the game. You're right. And and Doug McDermott, he needs a shout out, too, because I think he might have had two, two or three of those last assists were just because of Doug McDermott being an absolute sniper who had 14 points in 15 minutes or The most
0: quiet 14 points. <laughs> like, I'm telling like, I you.
1: believe it because it's like, OK,
0: yeah, no, he made four threes. Like I look back, but mm-hmm. he made four threes. But it was just it was just out of nowhere. Um, looking at our box score, Ethan, this was another thing I noticed just a second ago, everybody and, let me stop myself. I'm about to be like, everybody's plus minus is is plus. But then I'm, I'm even remembering while I'm saying that it's the Pistons. So I don't even know if I should get that excited.
1: And Doug had a minus three, <laughs> which is honestly BS. Like how can McDermott have minus three? Uh,
0: but still, we haven't had anything close to that in the plus minus probably all year. But you know, another thing that I had a thought of, Ethan, looking at the box score, nobody had over 20 tonight. And you know, in the early days of SSPN, I don't know if you remember this, Ethan, some of our best wins in that final DeRozan era mm-hmm. was when we had like multiple guys, like what tonight we have one, two, three, four, uh, we have eight guys in, in double digits and they're all under 20. Uh, for some reason I'm remembering one game where we did that in one and I think it broke like a losing streak or it was like a significant win for whatever reason I remember what you're and Rudy about. had 19, you know exactly what okay. I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Anyways, it, it just kind of reminded me of that. Obviously it's the Pistons, but I, I saw some parallels, you know, just with the unselfishness and the ball movement. I yeah. mean, look at five assists from from Devin Vassell, five from Trey, obviously ten from Wemby, um, three from Keldon, four from Barlow. Like I said, you add in the screen assists. Um, he's got six, and then it's Shetty three as well. I mean, and a lot oh. of ho- a lot of au- hockey assists tonight as well.
1: Yeah, Malachi also had three assists. Quietly had a pretty impactful game. I felt. I know he only had seven points, three assists, two boards, but uh, I think he had a really nice like attempted layup that missed. He got his own rebound and tapped it to to Wemby for the slam. Like that, that had me feeling good.
0: Me too. I was just glad because like only two for seven tonight. But when I saw that, I'm like, okay. But you're giving this extra effort that led to yep. that Wemby dunk. So I can't. I can't hate you for it.
1: Did you Jude by any chance see the Instagram reel I sent you the other day of the scene from the movie Sing about the animals that have a talent uh, show? And it's it's I, like. So you, you know
0: sent that? it to me, and I and I like I watched it, but I didn't watch it with any volume. Like I didn't watch the whole thing. I got distracted. I saw it, and something happened. But I know what you're referencing is what I'm trying to say.
1: Are you familiar with that movie scene? Uh, I don't think so. For is those it Disney? Comments, it's it's not Disney. It's uh, a okay. DreamWorks, but give you context there's a, a gorilla in prison and his friends are watching the tv it's the gorilla's son in the talent show singing an elton john song i'm still standing right <laughs> okay. and, and the gorilla dad's like turn it down turn it down And his friends are just jamming and he's like what are y'all watching and he walks up and he sees his son and he's like johnny it's my son it's like a really wholesome <laughs> moment right but all the friends are usc or yeah no yeah USC, yeah san antonio spurs uh chicago bulls and the gorilla dad is toronto raptors and he walks up <laughs> to the tv and who's on the tv but Demar Derozan in these last few games with chicago going absolutely bananas and it's the <laughs> i'm still standing playing. and i'm not gonna lie to you dude, i got a little uh, i got a little emotional watching that video as a spurs fan i was like that dude deserves all the love that he gets because of what he did in san antonio for those couple of years i know we only made the playoffs once we lost in seven the nuggets in that first year uh but he held it down for us man he was all he always competed no matter what so
0: he's a og man and he was in a tough spot dude and he didn't and he there's so many other players in the league bro campaign was like i'm not playing for y'all this year and we got wimbanyama like you know what i'm saying like there are a lot of other guys and campaign someone who shouldn't you know like like his word is so much less valued than like than like damar you know there are so many players that are of 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 damar's caliber that maybe if we traded for in that Kawhi trade that you know maybe they would have stayed here a year but they wouldn't have stayed as long or maybe they would have wanted to trade immediately or you know shortly after at the deadline or something but damar embraced us and and damar did it from a spot where he was coming from like a place that molded him and a place that he thought he would stay his entire career, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and when he had been told by Masai Ujiri that he was like untradeable, like a week earlier, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and despite all of that, he, he just embraced us fully, you know, played out his contract, didn't complain, you know, learned from pop. Um, so, so shout out to my boy, Damar, man.
1: And that was a weird side note to bring up, but I just, no, it actually made me like so sad. I was like, oh, it's my guy.
0: So is he going to get traded?
1: I don't know. They're playing really well now. Okay. Zach Levine is the guy people want to trade because he's been right. hurt during this run, but his contract's difficult to, to trade. Um, so who knows what's going to happen in Chicago, to be honest with you.
0: This is going to be an interesting deadline. I don't think we've talked too much about the uh, the Raptors trade that was just made yeah. with R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly <laughs> going up to Toronto. I hope that doesn't work out too well because uh, our pick – um i believe it is well no i say i hope that doesn't work out too well that's actually going to make them better that's good for us never mind um yeah.
1: uh but um i believe it's like top six or top eight protected top eight protected i'm pretty yeah. sure yeah yeah it's good it was a good trade for the knicks too i think they're five and oh since they made that trade to get OG. Mm-hmm. Aminoki, so and
0: he's been playing really well
1: I, I think the Spurs, I mean, we don't have to go into detail here because we're already at 38 minutes, but I think we're we're going to have some moves or at least one move be made. I don't know if it'll be the I agree. Big one because right. I just don't think we have enough that we're going to be willing to give up for him. I agree. There's-, there's
0: too many other teams that are involved, yeah. um, but I think that's why Shams um, labeled it as exploratory interest. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Not like finite interest, but. Robert ball says top six perfect checked. So that is, that is better. (laughs) And Matt Wilson says DJ heck no, 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 no later. You're not the only friend that I have that has responded that way. It's kind of funny. I either get, I either get like, yeah, I'd be down, you know, like, I'm not like, like, and when I say, they're not necessarily like, you know, like thrilled off the wall, like they have to have it, but it's like, I got a response and it's either like, okay, yeah, I'd be cool with that. Or it's just like, Heck no, I do not want Deshante. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I got another report today, or not another report, but I got a notification today that said that the Warriors are interested in him. I know that the Lakers are interested in him as well. Um, to be honest, I think there's just too many con- contending or, and or playoff teams mm-hmm. um, that he could make a difference on um, You know, more than us. We're going to like we're gonna we're gonna be very like we'll probably give them an offer mm-hmm. you know but it's not gonna be we're we're not gonna budge at all it's not gonna be like a negotiation it's gonna be like this is our max you know maybe it's like malachi and like a couple picks or something i don't know that's i'm totally shooting off the wall <laughs> you know like i if, in that situation um but yeah. the, the whole point i'm bringing that up is i, I don't think that um I don't think that we're going to give up that much, like you said. And I think there are other teams – there are a lot of other teams that are interested in him um, that would be willing to give up more.
1: I think if we make a trade, Jude, just to finish this off, it'll probably be some of our vet guys like a Zach Collins, a Doug, a Devontae. Maybe even Shetty,
0: dude. I know that sucks, but he's on an expiring contract.
1: And the only thing I would expect back is probably just – picks probably low level picks because i don't think we're going to get anything like really worthwhile and maybe some really bottom feeder type role players or like like two-way level guys that are super young only so then we can elevate Dom barlow we can elevate blake wesley and they can become kind of permanent rotational players and then just fully embrace fully fully embrace this rebuild which already feels like we're fully embracing it right we could still get some kind of i don't know profit off of, off of well
0: hey while you're bringing that up what was the move that we made last
1: year i'm sure i'm going blank uh Yaka pertle trade right Is well there right? was that
0: one but there was also jay rich for yeah. Devonte and four second round
1: picks yeah. stuff like I, that I, they, exactly stuff like that which i'm not <laughs> mad at at all let's see how many second round picks we can get out of jay rich what if you flip Devonte <laughs> for like two more let's so trade him back <laughs> yeah <laughs> Miami.
0: (laughs) No. Oh, that's right. He's in Miami. Dang it. I forgot he got moved too. I was about to say he was still in New Orleans. I think he was in New Orleans for the game earlier this year when we played the Pelicans. Um Uh, was he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we saw him on the bench. Um I don't remember, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But um I have some memory of him talking to Devin and Keldon or something. Um possible. But anyways, Ethan, the last note that I think we can wrap this up on is I ended that buck stream saying hopefully we can have more 40-minute post games because that probably means good things have happened, Mm. and that's exactly what happened tonight.
1: I'm glad it happened, Jude. I've had a good one. It it helps that this game started at 6, so I don't feel really as tired when we're wrapping this thing up. And you know, there's a good chance we get another win on Friday, Jude. Knock Mm -hmm. on
0: wood. We haven't had two straight wins since the two Phoenix wins Mm -hmm. uh, in like the second week of the season. But we have the lamelo key, mm. lamelo Hornets coming to San Antonio on Friday night. That will now not be a random 9 o'clock game on ESPN. So good news for Spurs and Hornets fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully Scary Terry doesn't go off against us. Because he did. I saw that earlier this
0: week, so... Thank you for reminding me of that. And uh, is Gordon Hayward still active?
1: I I forgot all about <laughs> Gordon Hayward. To be completely honest with you,
0: remember when Gordon Hayward was the missing piece for the Kyrie Celtics, and then Game One, dude. I remember watching that game live and God. being like pumped. I was like super excited. I was like, this is this is like a this is going to be the East battle. This is a Eastern Conference Finals preview. Um, and then that happened. And the it hasn't Charlotte- been the same since, unfortunately.
1: Charlotte's uh, ESPN injury report has no players on it, which is wrong because LaMelo is definitely hurt. Um, So I guess Gordon Hayward is playing.
0: I think I thought he was. Um, So yeah, unless Scary Terry and what were the years? Was it like circa 2014, 2015 when Gordon Hayward was an all-star?
1: Yeah, like 15-16, I think.
0: Kind of around there. Yeah, and an all-star Gordon Hayward show up again in, on uh, on Friday. Um, Brandon Miller revenge game. We should. Oh, shoot. I didn't even think about that. Um, I think we should have a chance. But I will say this as we're thinking about this. This will be the last thing I'll say, Ethan. I think we do need to have a little bit more intensity than we had tonight if we want to mm-hmm. win that game.
1: Absolutely. Because this is – I mean – Sorry, the Hornets aren't good, but they have a veteran presence that will take advantage of that where the Detroit Pistons did not.
0: Yeah, for sure. And 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 Terry Rozier's last game, he had 37 points. Yeah, so
1: 24-7 and seven on the season. There you go. There you go.
0: We appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. Finally got a win post-game in. Very good to see. If you enjoyed the content, don't forget to hit that like and that subscribe button below. Follow us on Twitter at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated with all that good stuff. Happy Wemby triple-double day. We'll see y'all.